Today on the In Squash podcast, we have the great pleasure of speaking with uh, Stephen Coppinger, South African uh, number one, uh, 11 years on the PSA tour and 10 uh, PSA titles and top 15 in the world. Uh, we were happy to hear that his family has uh, recovered from that uh, devastating fire that took uh, all of their belongings. Uh, they're back on uh, firm ground now. And uh, we got into uh, his uh, his excellent pro career, which really uh, uh, took off towards the last couple of years before he retired, uh, and some of his big wins and uh, a bit about his training, his coaches, uh, including Rodney Durbach, uh, a great South African uh, number one prior to Stephen. Um, and then uh, we looked a little bit at the varsity years uh, back at the University of Birmingham where uh, they collected a couple of uh, UK varsity titles and uh, some prolific celebrations that uh, uh, occurred thereafter. And uh, what lies ahead in uh, Austin, Texas for Stephen? Well, we talked about that as well. So, uh, right, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Coppinger, great to uh, great to have you on the podcast, uh, and thanks so much for uh, for your time today. No, absolute pleasure. No, it's great to be here. Yeah. Um, first of all, Stephen, uh, I, I just want to start things off by uh, by saying I hope everything is uh, starting to uh, get a bit better and improve for you and your your wife and your your young boy. Uh, I heard about the the little a big accident that you had over the summer uh, how are things um going for you guys now no thanks very much yeah no we're no we're very we're very much settled you know it was just uh it was all material things thankfully there was no uh, nobody got hurt nobody got damaged or or anything worse so that was uh, that was nice so yeah basically all, all all of our house contents went up in smoke but um yeah you realize pretty quickly after something like that that uh you know, you, you, you don't really need that much to, uh, you know, to get by. Um, you know, I learned that obviously quite a long time ago, traveling, traveling quite a lot as a, as a sports player. And I, I have a, had a bit of a reputation as a minimalist on, uh, on, on tour, but, um, yeah, it, the, the lessons got reinforced again. Right on. And you're, you're from my friends, uh, here in uh, the UAE from South Africa tend to, uh, tend to be able to, to survive in the outdoors quite well. So, Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, no, always happy to be outside. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good to hear, and uh, great that you've uh, you managed to uh, to recover from that. Uh, what what exactly happened there? We don't know. I mean, basically, the the moving trailer that our guy was using um, caught on fire when he was while he was driving. You know, he was it was kind of a pickup truck towing a, a big trailer with. All of our all of our stuff, you know, from the house, furniture, everything, because we sold the house in Orlando and we're moving to to Austin. And I have no idea yet what started the fire. And obviously, we, yeah, you know, we won't ever know. But um, it started smoldering, you know, really kind of slow smoldering. Um, yeah. He saw a bit of a, a whiff of smoke in his mirror, but just you know, thought he'd backfired or something, I guess. Um, but somebody pulled up alongside him and said, "Hey, you better, uh, you know, you better stop this. You're on fire." Right. Essentially. And so he stopped, un unhitched, and then. Yeah, they tried to put the fire out as best they could, but the minute you know it was really, it was really kind of uh, slow smoldering, and then the minute they opened the doors, all the air came in, and it just went oh, up in. Uh, up the, and where up were the where were you at the time? We were waiting. And we were yeah, we were at our new rental house in in Austin. Waiting, oh, you were you were there waiting. To, arrive to start uh, unpacking. Oh my. Okay. Well, uh, 
good to hear uh, you guys have uh, recovered from that. Uh, that's that's great. Um, now we're just uh, you you recently retired, uh, Stephen. You had eleven years uh, on the PSA tour, ten titles, if that's uh, yep. yeah. And um, most uh, I just I felt uh, you know I followed you. Uh, Basically, I got to know your name through a mutual friend, but also uh, you put yourself on the map over the last uh, two to three years. You played some really great uh, squash. Uh, last couple of years, uh, how did I think you turned things around in terms of your your pro uh, game? Didn't you? Yeah, I think you know it was. I had a fairly steady kind of uh, path up until I don't know what it was, maybe about 2013, 2012, 2013. Yeah. And um, you know, I was I was kind of I was kind of making steady progress. I, I think I remember, you know, for the four or five years before that, my kind of mid-year ranking had increased by almost exactly ten every every year. You know, so there was never up until then there was never really a kind of a a real a real massive uh, boost. I was just kind of you know ticking away and and uh, chipping away at the ranking and, and and getting better and better every every year. Yeah, and then I had my first my first big kind of breakthrough was at the TOC. I think it would have been in in uh, in 2013 there when I managed to I managed to beat uh, Pete Barker, who was you know right up in the in the rankings at the time, top ten, and then followed up with Adrian Grant, who was also well above me at the time, um, right. to, to make quarterfinals there. That was my that was my real my first real kind of um, first real breakthrough, and then I, I've been in and around the you know the top twenty up until I retired. Right on. Yeah, you you got you reached uh, as high as fourteen, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was a bit surprised uh, when I saw that you you decided to retire because it it just seemed to me like you were you were playing well and you had some some big wins and and uh, 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 what led to the uh, announcement of your retirement. Well, I think you know, obviously, family life changed dramatically. You know, so uh, over right. over the last kind of year or two, well, two years really now coming up now, it's uh, it's Kai's birthday in, in a week or two. Kai, and your son. That, you know, uh, that, that put a whole different spin on on spending time away from home. And unfortunately, I wasn't in the position of uh, of being able to be a, a full time breadwinner because you know squash isn't as lucrative as we'd like it to be. So right. it it just it, the the family dynamics were definitely a big a big part of it, and I think you know at the same time it was you know I was I was still enjoying it, I was having a lot of fun, I was still playing well as you, as you said, and I think that 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 was that's a good time to stop. I think you know yeah. I, I certainly I certainly would have enjoyed carrying on a little bit, but I think that having stopped when I stopped, I'll always I'll always have good good memories of my of my time as a as as a player, and and you know I, I was always kind of a little bit hesitant to hang on for as long as I could. And start you know slipping down and slipping down and and getting frustrated on the on the tour. So I think it was it was a nice time for for me to stop and uh, in in terms of in terms of that too. Yeah, you you, you definitely went out on a high and uh, you weren't injured or anything. No, I sorry the last couple the last few months I had a bit of an issue with my back, but um, you know it was certainly nothing nothing too serious. Yeah. Um. So no, I, I and throughout, in fact throughout my career I was very very fortunate to be able to avoid injuries right the, right the way through really i just just some very few little niggles here and there but um yeah it, it was I, i've been i've been lucky like that yeah that's a, te- uh, a testament probably uh, I, I don't know how hard you trained but you obviously you did train very hard because you're i mean you played hard uh, i i've watched a few of your matches and uh, 
your style of play. You had, you had some great, you, you played up and down the, the walls well. You, you had a good all-around game, and it was fairly uh, uh, up-tempo. So uh, that, you know, to play at that level without, at that type of game without much uh, of an injury history, that's, uh, that's got to be a testament to what you do off the court. Yeah, I think you know definitely as as the years went on, my training got got smarter like that. I, I was able to I was able to kind of do a little bit of, of work on injury prevention. It's, it's never the fun stuff, right? When you're when you're training, but it's it's always uh, it's always important. And I you know I think there are, there are obviously people that do all of that and still get unlucky as well, right? So I think that you know it's not I can't kind of uh, claim to have some magic formula that uh, other people don't, but. Um, you know, yeah, as, as as you said, I I, I, did, <laughs> I did play a hard game and it, it came with a lot of hard training, so it was yeah, I was, I was it was good. Yeah. Um, now during uh, especially the last couple of years, uh, like you you mentioned Peter Barker and Adrian Grant, uh, I do uh, if memory serves, you also you you had a few wins over some other guys in the top ten, didn't you? Yeah, so I mean, I've had some, I've had some nice kind of some some nice little runs, which was which is great. I think one one of my one of my favorite ones personally was to reach the quarterfinals of the World Open in, in Qatar, and that was oh, yeah. my my match to to do that was to beat Tarek Moman in the in the last sixteen, and that was you know we all we've always had ham dingers when we played, except uh, I think that's the only one I've won so far. But we've all, you know we've always had big battles, but it was it, it was fantastic uh, a fantastic experience for me to be able to kind of you know put it all together and on the world open stage. I've always wanted to ask someone cause I, I watching Tarek, I mean, obviously he's a f- incredible, incredible talented player, but just from the, uh, the eye test, uh, he kind of looks like someone I could beat, you know, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Uh, just his style, but obviously he's a, he, he's a great player. Uh, he's well, yeah, I mean, your writers and mine are, different i've always looked at him with with, uh, with in, in, incredulity he's you know he's, he's always been very impressive to to me you know just is is maybe not necessarily his his uh, smoothness and his technique and his swing but you know his his speed around the court and his angles that he plays are, are always uh, I, I love watching him play just because of that because he's he's just he's so imaginative with his angles and yeah and so quick around the court yeah he's so quick and uh I think just, I mean, the way he, he hits the ball is deceiving in and of itself, and then he's deceptive anyway, so. He, he kind of has a bit of a back-to-front game, you know, certainly. I mean, there are a lot more players playing that way now, I think. But when, when he started doing well, he, you know, we, we, all, we all try and start our game off at the back and then try and look to the, look to the front to, you know, to mix things up and to, to change, the, change the game and to attack. Whereas Tarek, you know, he he would he wouldn't hesitate to throw in a boast or a drop from absolutely anywhere all the time, and then just use his speed to to cover and to then counter attack from from that. So he was always very dangerous like that. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah to be to to uh, have his speed, uh, that type of game plan would would work, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. No. It, it was it was definitely very different at the time. Yeah. Now uh, you also played. Um, well, my our mutual friend uh, Alex Preston actually. Uh, you you uh, knew Alex and played with Alex uh, at the University of Birmingham. Uh, That's right. Yeah, I've, I played against him here in Dubai in, in a, uh, their their Premier League. But he was telling me uh, you guys played together there. What was squash like for you uh, at the university level at, at that time? That, to be honest, that that period of my of my squash was was more or less. The reason why I became a professional, it was, it was kind of, I was there. I always 
obviously knew that I was good at squash and like that I could play, and I, I really I always enjoyed it. But when I was at the at the University of Birmingham, we had, a, in fact, at one stage, all five of our first team were were obviously after university, but they were they were professionals on tour. Wow. And that 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 was you know I just didn't really know it was possible. You know, coming from South Africa, we didn't really have any anybody that was on tour. You know, Rodney Devas was the only one and. You know, I didn't know him at all at the time, and it was just there was no obvious path for me to take to pursue squash until I was, uh, you know, I was kind of having a chat with one of the guys, and I don't know if he remembers this actually, but it wasn't Alex, but it was a guy called Johnny Harford, who was okay. the first of our bunch to to make it, you know, to go onto the onto the PSA tour, and I was asking him what what you know what what, what he was going to do after university. Now, this was in our first year. And he said, "Yeah, no, I'm going to play squash." So I was like, "Yeah, no, quite I know, a, I know you're going to play quite squash, a dynamic but, player, wasn't he?" Very, very much so. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he he really he really kind of laid down the path for for the rest of us to follow, and that was that, that was that was a huge kind of um, you know eye opener for me that that it was actually possible to 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 play full time. Yeah, he well he had some good wins as well. I, I, I think he won a few PSA events, didn't he? No, he, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He he then got yeah he got uh, hampered by injury, and then on on one of his recoveries, he he got offered his his ideal job, so he he took it, and now he's doing very well at the, as a coach at Wycliffe. That's great. Okay. So that, that gave you the, the, uh, the impetus to, to take on the, uh, the, the PSA tour. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously these days, the U.S. Uh, varsity squash is getting a lot of uh, hype, you know, with all of uh, you know, Johnny White and Martin Heath, David Palmer, Mike Whale coaching there. Uh, how would you, I mean, obvi- uh, the U.K. varsity scene must have been, quite sounds like it was quite strong as well can you do you have any can you compare them in any way um i mean i'm sure you can compare them in many ways i don't i don't think certainly the hype around the the uk scene is is nothing was nothing when we were there nothing like what it is over here in the states um you know we i think we were we were very lucky in our in our little era because not only did we have all of the all of the players at the university of birmingham that were that were kind of at the same time, but at Loughborough there was Daryl Selby and Chris Ryder who were also there at the same time that we were at the University of Birmingham, and so we had a lot of you know we had a lot of players that were just that were that were very good at at the university, more or less organically. I think here the scene is very much more contrived in the sense that you know they they recruit recruiting is huge that they they you know for the top varsity team so they recruit all the all the good players and then work with them from there. And you know that the hype, the money, the, the the prestige here is 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 that's what it's all about. And in the in the UK, it was kind of like, okay, well, let's see who can play squash at our university. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, obvious, like you said, it's a bit more or uh, organic uh, in the UK. You don't know what you're going to get until you uh, see the team on the first day. Of right, right, right. I mean, having said that, you know, squash was was a, was a good, you know, it was a. I, it was a considerable reason for me to join the University of Birmingham because, you know, I, when we went to visit there, it was almost by accident that I actually applied for for Birmingham. And, but you know, we saw that the squash team was great, and then it was yeah, it was nice to to be able to join that. Right. So you uh, you said you weren't really uh, you didn't really know Rodney Durbach, who uh, I guess later on you got to know, and perhaps he did some coaching with you. Uh, were you from different parts of South Africa, or were you not sort of uh, playing as much back then? Or? Well, in South Africa, I was 
I I was at high school in South Africa, so I actually lived in Kenya at the time, and okay. I was at high school in South Africa, so I never spent a whole lot of time in South Africa before the, you know before my university days. Even from university, I would go back to holiday in in Kenya, and I kept my squash going in South Africa, so I was I would always go back for for a little while. But one one year I went back, and I wasn't I wasn't kind of happy with the training where I was. I was in Durban, and I was I was one basically I was the only guy who was there and looking to train and. That doesn't that doesn't work so well for me, you know. I I really like to be part of a part of a kind of a group and get spurred on and and kind of you know train with people. And so after after nationals one year, and I think it was the year that he that he beat me, I I kind of asked him to asked him to be my coach and then moved down to Cape Town to be coached by him and to work you know to train with him because he was you know he was a phenomenal trainer. Yeah. And so I I, I thought that I could benefit a huge amount from that. And basically ever since then. You, you know, we've, we've worked very, very closely together and I've obviously him very well. He had a, a, I think a bit of a reputation as a grinder. Is that? Absolutely. No, he was, he was, a, he was a machine. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that may have rubbed off on you. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that, that was, a, that was a large part of the reason why I actually went, went to him, you know, because it was I, not so much in, in, in the match where, where I was always, I was always happy to, you know, to chase, to chase the ball around as long as it took, but for, for me, the, the issue was training, and when I, when I didn't have anybody to train with, I was I was terrible at self motivating, and, and you know it was it was fantastic for me to just you know he he was he really stepped up my my intensity of the of the training, right, and that was that that made a huge difference. That was you know that was I think for me that was he was basically responsible for taking me from from a hundred to fifty fairly quickly. Like what? What? What sort of uh, things would he have done to shock your system? Uh, we, we, I spent basically a, a summer training with him um, when the, the very first year, and it was it was just just from what I was doing, which was just you know training at, at uh, the university and playing with the guys, and a lot of my training was just playing and you know doing a few little drills and then playing games and condition games. You know, we we really set about getting 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 stronger and looking at the endurance side. So we had this this horrible ninety minute session, with, you know, involving skipping, running, and cycling. That was uh, <laughs> that was just mean. I used to I used to lose four kilos regularly just within that hour and a half. Sounds like fun. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I was just thinking. Uh, well, where I went to university, I played. Uh, we didn't have. In Canada, we only have a few varsity teams, and most of them are east of Toronto or Toronto East, except for McGill. But I went to university on the East Coast. But my roommate, I played provincially for our provincial teams, but my two roommates in university were both uh, South Africans in medical school and both excellent squash players. One of them made the provincial team with me. Uh, I guess that's a, I'm just wondering, uh, squash in South Africa, and there are quite a, number here in the uae that are quite good uh the popularity of the game is it uh played on a wide level there very much so very much so i mean it goes through its ebbs and flows of popularity but in terms of participation it's always been very very strong yeah. in south africa um, the the social leagues there are, are fantastic you know every every city has up to you know at least 10, 15, maybe going, you know, pushing 20, 25, and then 30 if you include the, you know, all the different categories, the, you know, the open, the masters and the, and the ladies and every, everyone clubbing together. So there's a huge, there's a huge participation level in, in South Africa. Yeah. Where I always got frustrated was that, that that never kicked on to 
the professional scene. You know, there was right. for, for the longest time, and still to this day, you know, anybody that has been professionals in in South Africa have always done it their own way. You know, they've always and everybody's done it slightly differently. You know, when I was playing, obviously it was just the end of Rodney and Adrian Hansen's kind of era. And, you know, it was myself, Clinton Liu, Sean LaRue, you know, we, we'd all we'd all kind of happened upon it very, very differently. None of us have been products of the system, let's say. And so there was basically there was no real gap or, or kind of, you know, bridge to gap the, the, the participation to the performance. Right. And that was always that was always a frustration for me. Yeah, I was speaking with the Gregory Galtier the other day and he was just, he was commenting on how much structure there is in France for the top level juniors they they really uh take care of them uh there that's fantastic yeah no we, we're very envious of uh of the systems yeah um now i just want just to get back to uh the university stuff for a second I, I, if my research serves me correctly you your university of birmingham team won the varsity title in 2004 i think we won it twice while i was there so yes but i think that that your your research is probably better than my memory, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah no, we we, we uh, definitely had a, we had a very strong team for for throughout 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 my throughout my time there. So we it. we were either we either won it or we were runner up for for the three or four years that I was there. So uh, during yeah during that uh, you know after your victories, uh, uh, how would you have celebrated? By the way, <laughs> is this a question prompted by Alex? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, more, 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 more than likely, the answer that he would be looking for was uh, barefoot on the streets of Birmingham. Barefoot, he, something about uh, champagne. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we went uh, we went we went out and um, you know in in my typical fashion at the time, although seemingly not a whole lot has changed, I I was very averse to wearing shoes and places that require you to wear shoes so i was always kind of do my own little protest and, and go out in, in flip-flops right and the only bar that let us in we ended up buying a bottle of champagne and spraying it spraying it all over the uh, all over the bar the bar manager happened to be one of the recipients of the splash and so our, our stay at that bar was very short-lived i see <laughs> uh, that's classic that's classic well uh, it was uh, you know the celebration uh, went on no doubt we found we found a way yeah. Well, now you're you're in Texas. Uh, uh, what's uh, squash like there? It's it's kind of fledgling. So there's not there's in especially here in here in Austin. There's there's not a whole lot of uh, of structure going on. There's you know like like squash tends to tends to be everywhere. There's a lot of very very enthusiastic people and players. But there's not there's not uh, there's not a whole lot of facilities. There's not a there's not a lot of organized anything really. Um, there's more. There's far more in in Houston and Dallas, although nothing kind of compared to the to the big squash cities here in the here in the states. So yeah, it's fairly it's fairly small so far. Are you where are you based uh, in tech? In Austin. Oh, oh sorry, Austin. Right, right. Yep. And, and in what capacity are you a club pro there, or, or do you have something else uh, on the go? At the moment, at the moment, yeah, I'm hoping to to become a, a club pro fairly fairly shortly, but. Um, at the moment, I've I'm I've started going back to to university, taking a few classes there as well, which is quite fun in very renewable good. energy. So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a field that's always interested me. So I'm I'm very uh, I'm very much enjoying learning again, which is which is great. But also, you know, spending time at home with with Kai is, is a lot of fun as well. 
well, my wife is, you know, she works full time, so I'm I'm with Kai a lot of a lot of the time, and that's you know that's also nice. It's good. It's good. It's good fun to be able to spend a lot of time with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're, are you playing at all, or is that that it for you? I'm not playing at all. I mean, I, I need to I need to get back into 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 a bit of shape to to not right. embarrass myself whenever the opportunity arises. But um, no, right. I, I haven't I haven't done any, anything competitive or even kind of social necessarily. Um, I, I've been I've been I've been coaching a little bit. There are a few there are a few guys, a few youngsters up in Dallas that I, I go and see once a month that are that are that are, I'm really enjoying, you know, working with. Um, yeah. But no, I'm not I'm not getting caught a whole lot. Right on. Well, uh, Stephen, uh, I just want to wish you all, you and your family, all the best. And thanks, um, thanks again for uh, for uh, for coming on to the podcast. I didn't, I don't really know you that well, but uh, very generous of you to give me a bit of your time. Absolutely, no, and all the all the best. Look forward to look forward to listening more often. Stephen Coppinger, if you need him, thanks, Stephen, so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, uh, just in terms of uh, upcoming episodes, uh, we've got some Canadian content uh, coming up in the near future. Some uh, some uh, Canadian greats coming onto the show from past and present, and a little bit of uh, squash Canadian history uh, that you might find interesting. We've also got uh, a few uh, more pro players from the PSA men's and women's tour coming up. Some coaches and. Uh, some other uh, interesting episodes that I know you'll uh, you'll enjoy. So uh, thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon.